It is my pleasure and my honor to share with you on Sacred Treaty 6 territory, the traditional and ancestral territory of the Cree, Dene, Blackfoot, Solto, and Nakota Sioux. This territory is home to the Métis settlements and the Métis Nation. I am so grateful to have this opportunity to share my gifts with you on such sacred land. Hey everyone, welcome back to Finding My Small Town Voice. I missed you and I've got a special episode for you today. I've got a guest um, coming on the show who is going to make it way more dynamic and I'm really excited for where this conversation leads us. So welcome Curtis St. my lovely husband. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. He's calling this the Curtis Show, so I better I better watch out. Yeah, I'm the one that's going to be asking the questions. Yeah, Curtis wants to ask all the questions today. I'm a little nervous. So go ahead, Curtis. What's your first question? Well, what was the hardest part of your 2023? Hardest part of 2023. Um, 2023... I think was a really challenging year for a lot of people from what I've heard and what I've listened to a lot of people struggled it was an action it was a year of action taking action a lot of change um, a lot of challenges but for me personally 2023 was challenging just because everything does change and um, our kids have grown again another year and with every year brings new challenges and you get to a new stage and you're like, holy shit, how did I get here? And yeah, we went f- we went from two kids in hockey to three kids in hockey. So just running more with that. My daughter entered grade one. I always find when they enter that first year of school, you're teaching them how to read. So there's just a lot going on there. Um, my husband took over his dad's company. And, and so there was just a lot of learning there too with his new role and a lot of challenges. And I took on, you know, different challenges I started singing in a band and I started podcasting and I was trying to balance subbing and bookkeeping and all these things so it was just a year of a lot of change and I guess just being okay and getting used to making mistakes and being okay with making mistakes and and being okay with everybody in my life like allowing them that space to grow and learn because learning is is messy Mm, yeah, it's definitely messy. So what would you, how would you share to somebody and let them know that making mistakes is okay? So you're saying like, how would I encourage somebody mm-hmm. that it's okay to fuck it all up? Exactly. Yep. Um, it's okay to make it. those mistakes. It's okay to fail. It's okay to change your mind and go in a different direction and just be okay with that. Yeah. I think I actually have a different answer. One for adults and one for kids. Because kids are so fresh and they're so young and they're actually so okay with messing up. Like you look at a two-year-old learning how to walk. They fall down a million times and they just get back up and they start laughing. Mm. And I mean the odd time they fall, we pick them up and we tell them it's okay and it's no big deal. And we just ask them, we, we encourage them, try, try, try again. And so little kids are like really good at making mistakes and like building that resilience. And with adults, somehow I feel like it gets kind of lost and we lose that sense of it's okay to make mistakes. I don't know if it's society that tells us like you have to be perfect all the time and you can't make, you know, you have to hit this standard that's totally unachievable half half the time, if not more. And I honestly think it starts with leaders, whether you lead people, whether you lead children, whether you lead anybody. I think it's CEOs and teachers and parents alike that have to create an environment in which people 
know that it's okay to make a mistake and they know they're not going to be, you know, berated or degraded or disrespected because they screwed it up. They're just going to be like, hey, it's okay. Like, we're going to learn from this. Let's, let's pivot. Let's make a different choice. Let's find something else. So it's the ones leading that they themselves have to be okay with making mistakes. And you have to break that barrier down and through with yourself first. Right. Yeah, for sure. No, no. And I think that way you get a lot of more followers as well, right? As if you're a leader like that, do you think you could have more, you know, friends and more people to to accept other people that fail as much? For sure. I think everybody's just looking for an environment where they're like, okay, I can take risks. I can take this like creative risk and I can try something completely different and it might be a total flop, but I know my boss is like cool with that and they want Mm -hmm. me to try this. And so then other people are like, oh man, well, if you get to try something like, you know, you're really good at what if I tried this? It just like, it creates a whole environment of excitement and energy and it's positive and it's fun because learning is, we make it awful, but learning can be so fun if you let it be, if you let making mistakes be normal and okay, it can be so fun. Right. You kind of get that safe safety net, that safe zone and make everything, you know, more enjoyable. Yeah. That was always like a challenge. Some Not always. In my classroom. Like I feel like as a teacher, I'm really good at it with the young kids. Like we teach the little ones. Like if I go into an elementary classroom, it's like I switch personalities sometimes and you're a little bit more like out there and outgoing and you're dancing with them and you're moving with them and they're making faces And then you go back to high school and because they're already like reserved, they know how to hold it all in. Um, You're, you're less goofy. Like you respond differently. I don't know if it's just the psychology of development or whatnot, but it's different. Yeah. You probably feel a little more judged by a little bit by the older kids, right? Yeah. The young ones are just free. They just want to have fun. They want to just be with you. Yeah. And as they get older, they're more timid and they're more in a shell, right? So... They go inward mm-hmm. instead of outward. When they're right. little, they're still giving so much. And then they start to go inward psychologically. It's just their development. I actually asked. I was subbing at a high school last week. And it was just um, it was a cold day, so I didn't have very many students. And there was a few girls in the class, I think three girls in the class. And I asked them, I said, what's the hardest part of being a teenager right now? Hmm. <laughs> Because I was really interested. I'm yeah. like, it's different now than when I was a teenager. And I'm like, I'm not that much older than you. I'm a little bit older than you, but I'm not that much older than you. And they're like, the hardest part. So this is a like teenage girl perspective. They're like, the hardest part right now is body image. And like mm. having social media and just seeing like so being bombarded with so many pictures and reels and TikToks and all the so things. So many fake things around you. So many fake yeah. things. So like you're never thin enough. Your stomach's never flat enough. You know, your face isn't contoured enough. You know, your hair's not long enough, right? Like you got Kardashians mm. and all these models and superstars like holding this unrealist. And their pictures of the girls were like, and the thing is their pictures aren't even real. So I'm glad they could tell me that. They Distinguish knew. between it. and Yeah. And I said, okay, well, I'm raising kids and they don't have phones yet. So like, how do I, how do I prepare for this as like a mom? And I'm like, how do I pr- like protect my kids? And these teenagers are like, well, I think you just got to give them a lot of self-worth before they get a phone. They got to have a lot of self-worth and a lot of confidence because because they're like, once you give it to them, you're not, you can't control how they're going to feel. You can't control how they're going to feel when they look at a picture. I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. You're right. I can't control any of that. But if I can boost them up full of enough self-confidence now, hopefully they'll be a little bit better off. Right. Then they can hopefully carry that into, you know, their teenage years and 
and still know who they are, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really good. And they even talked about guys. They're like the guys. You have to have a lot of muscle, and like, and you have to be tall. And then if you're not tall, you have to have even more muscle, and you have to be more defined because you got to make up for not being tall. I'm like, that makes so me so many expectations. Yeah, I was like, that wow. makes me so They're terrible, so sad. I'm like, so sad because, I'm like, why can't it just be okay to be whatever you are? Why can't you know if you're short, that be okay? If you're medium height, that'd be okay. There's just a lot of things you can't change about your body. So yeah. why is there so much stigma on, on having to be this specific type of person? I don't know. But Weird. it just it just made me sad. But anyway, so that was a really good conversation I had <clears throat> with students last week. Very interesting. Just how times have changed. Yeah. I know. I, yeah. I actually, I tell my students a lot. I'm like, when I was dating Curtis, I was 14. Sometimes I was dating you. <laughs> I'm like, I had to call his house. I had to call his mom and dad's house. And I had, like, it was a landline. And I'm like, I had to chit-chat with his parents before I could get, you know, because it's rude to just be like, Curtis home. You you ask, like, hi, how are you? Like, how's your day? And what's new? Blah, 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 right? You learn the ins and outs. You learn the ins and outs of small talk. And I'm like, you guys have no idea what that's even like. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you guys get to Snapchat and you get to text. And so, you yeah, get your re- privacy. There was no privacy when we were growing up. No. Very little. No. The first time my husband told me he loved me on the phone, my mom was listening. (laughs) Because it's a landline and you could pick up the phone from anywhere in the house and eavesdrop and listen in on any conversation. And they have no idea. I'm like, you guys have no idea the struggle of telling your sister to get off the phone so you could call a friend. Yeah. I remember time and time again, you could hear the other person... A third person on the line breathing and trying not to say anything or anything <laughs> like that. You can still hear them. Yep. But. For sure. So, sorry, that was a roundabout way to answer your first question, which was about what was the hardest part of 2023. I love how these conversations just kind of like wind and twirl into whatever they morph into whatever they're supposed to be. But I'm going to go back to that question for one second. So 2023 was just a year of trying and trying new things and getting really frustrated because I like to go really, really fast through things. I want to get fast really good. I'm not very patient. And so I guess as a spouse, I'm going to ask you a question. (laughs) What did you notice as I tried to go, and I know you've seen it, tried to go really fast and try to get really good at the things I want to be good at? Oh, it's frustrating as hell. For for me. To see somebody just want something and chase it and chase it and go and go and go, it's it's motivating. But as a husband, and it's a you know relationship thing, and you want different speeds of things, and it's uh, it's really challenging. So, what's the most challenging part? What's the hardest part? Letting them go fast. <laughs> Is it just like letting them do it? Is that the hardest part? Hardest part? Like just let them, let them do. It their just depends process? on how how it affects you, right? If it's just them. If it's just you, let them have it. Let them go. Just let them let them explore. Let them fail. Let them be. Just let. Just remember that you're their safe spot. Right. When, when things, if and when things come crashing down, just got to be there for them. That was, that was the hardest part where you need to just let go, and let them be. Hmm. So how do yeah. you? I'm not very good at that. I'm not very good at letting go, and letting things be. But that's also something that needs to be practiced. Mm-hmm. So how do you practice letting go? Stay in your lane. Just worry about you. When it comes across your table that it affects you, then that's kind of your time when you got to step up and be like, hey, 
Something has to change. We got to change. Try something different. And if it doesn't, if it's not coming across your table and it's not your problem, then just let it be. Right. So it's like it's like uh, minding your own business. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. It's your business, my business, and the universe or God's business, right? Exactly. Whatever feels good to you. Yeah. So it's like if it's in your business, if it's in your control, and if it's not, then just let it go. Interesting. How does that work with kids, though? Because it's like they're not you, but how do you let things go with kids? You know, you're raising them. You have to hold these boundaries and stuff. Where's the line? Well, I think it's different with kids for sure because you're you're a parent. You're one of two parents that have to come collectively to raise these humans that don't know any better. You got to, like you said, set those boundaries, set those guidelines. And at the same time, you need to let them make those mistakes. You need to let them eat that extra bag of chips or have that third potato that they shouldn't eat or they don't need or stay up later because they snuck the iPad under their pillow. Like, just got to let them be sometimes. But you got to nip it in the butt. You got to understand where the boundary is. And they need to know where that line is as well because they're going to push it. They're going to push it. You know that. Mm-hmm. And they do. And they do. And they know every single way to push that boundary. And they do it so sneakily. Oh, yeah. With a little innocent face, like, too. Like, like they have no idea what you're talking about. No. No idea. Until you bust them. Oh, yeah. Cold turkey. And then their eyes get big. <laughs> like, oh, crap. Like, <laughs> and then, they're, yeah, their eyes get huge. And then there's usually tears because they know they're busted. And that's the best part of it, though. It's... That's the Those best. Kids, no, it's not the, <laughs> like that. It's it's knowing that your kids are going to come back to you. Even if you bust them because they snuck something, sure, you set your boundary, you put your foot down. But at the same time, they're going to come back to you. They respect you. They realize that you're, you as the parent, or you are their safety net. Mm-hmm. And they're going to love you. And you're going to love them. It's about having a safe place to land. Exactly. Yep. Absolutely. You're right. Because if they know they can come back make a mistake and that you're not going to like, I mean, you may be disappointed and you may have your own feelings, but they know at the end of the day, like you're still there for them. Like you've got their back. Mm-hmm. Then at least they, you they know, trust you. Yeah. They trust the, you. You're always, every day you're building trust. Right. It makes me think of when Liam, he crashed, not crashed, but he, he hit the quad to another quad. And I remember him coming up to us. We're sitting and he's like, basically told us like they had crashed quads and like not bad, no nothing. Nobody got injured, nobody got hurt, nothing. But I was actually in that moment. I was obviously scared that he could have been hurt or somebody could have been hurt. But I was super proud. I'm like, wow, he he obviously felt comfortable enough to come and tell us that he made a a big mistake. It could have been really bad, but he was brave enough. He wasn't lying about mm-hmm. it. He wasn't trying to hide it. He was really like just open. So that was cool. Yeah, you just gotta keep building that trust with them. That's what I think. Yeah, for sure. And in order to build that trust, you got to be brave. Both ways, as a parent, as as a kid, you both need to be brave. And so how do we practice being brave? Hmm. Being vulnerable. (laughs) Mm, There you go. That's a good one. So you're saying being scared and do it anyway? Yeah. As a kid, I don't think you have a whole lot of fear until you get a little bit older, until you get to that teenage years. But as an adult, you have to be vulnerable. Do you think some people can do that easier than others? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think it all comes down to the type of trauma that you've overcome through your your childhood and your past. And the more trauma you have and the less that you've worked through, it definitely reflects on how brave and how vulnerable you can be. Yeah, definitely. I think I think what you've gone through as a child or, or in your lifetime, because some of it can even happen as adults, right, 
they just shape because I think you're right we start off little really open and then the world kind of taints you and taints you and you're kind of like a car hitting the guardrails <laughs> for a while you're, you're not really sure so then you just kind of clam up you don't you know you, you just get scared or at least I can relate to that because that's what happened yeah then you don't take those risks that you could have or you should have yeah at the same time yeah do you think pl- personality plays a role too in being vulnerable do you think personality is like a factor or it depends what your definition of vulnerability is yeah I don't, I don't know i'm not sure about that because i think of somebody like who's really outgoing i know you have a like i'm thinking of one friend i don't want to name them but just very outgoing who's like some people would say is very vulnerable because he he could act on stage he could say jokes he's like really out there but to him maybe that's not even scary for him that's just who he is true right yeah that's just his character that's what he's always been right yeah just this open brave courageous human being yeah so, yeah, I guess to answer your question, yeah, I think character plays a lot, plays a big role in being brave and vulnerable. Absolutely. And do you think those are key pieces in learning? Absolutely. Yes. I think it's very important to be able to distinguish what bravery is at a young age and to understand that being brave is a good thing. Being able to stand up for somebody, being able to stand up for yourself, being able to share who you are and what you are and... Being vulnerable with sharing that to somebody else, I think I think it's a great yeah. It sounds hard to teach. I'm like, how the heck would you teach this? Yeah, how do you how do you teach that? I don't know. How do you teach it? I I don't know. I think you have to model it. So I think as like a parent or as a coach or as a leader, you have to model brave or just even vulnerable behavior. For example, like I told the kids tonight before they went to bed, I said, Did you know that telling the truth even when you're scared, especially when you're scared, that that's really brave. And their eyes are really big. And they're like, no, I didn't know that. I'm like, no, it's because think about it. Think if you did something and it's eating you alive and you're scared to share that with somebody and you do it anyway, like that's really brave. And so I was just trying to like use that to teach them and and also ask them like, is there anything that you want to share? Like this is safe. This is safe space. Is there anything you want to share? You can be brave. I'm not, mom's not going to like be mad at you or take it out on you. Like, so it was just nice. Yeah, and I also think that sharing past stories with your kids is important too. That, hey, it's um, going back to the story of my oldest crashing a quad. You know, it was very brave of him to come up to us and say that he was in a small accident and everybody's okay, but he wrecked the quad. So I could relate and just be like, hey, Liam, it's okay. It's happened. I've done it. I've crashed a few quads. Nobody's got hurt. We've wrecked things. You know, now we have to work to fix it, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it just creates a lot of different life skills too, right? You wreck it, you fix it. You need yeah. to own it. Yeah. You need to come back and, and mend or repair, uh, whatever's kind of what, what's happened. So do you have a story when you were a kid where you broke something and you had to mend it or your dad taught you or mom taught you how to mend it or fix mm-hmm. it? I don't know. Off the top of my head here. I remember one, but you were a teenager already. You, you. Oh, tell me. Sure. I want to know. <laughs> you rolled your quad. Your parents were gone. You guys were messing around. You rolled your quad. It was like newish. And it was one you had bought. So you had paid money for it. So I think maybe you felt even more inclined to fix it, I guess. Or it was more valuable to you. Well, it was <clears throat> it was my own money that I had to, that I bought it with, right? And I had to fix it. I had to fix it fast. <laughs> and I was scared. You know, I was really scared to for my mom and my dad to see that because I was being unresponsible and uh yeah they came home a couple days early (laughs) and it was in hanging in the garage getting fixed (laughs) 
<laughs> but yeah. you know, I had to tell him the whole truth. There was no, there was no lying. There was no like getting out of anything. It was just be honest, be brave because they're going to find out like, anyway, yeah. right? Just <laughs> be that honest, brave person. And it sucked. It really did. But nothing bad happened, right? It was just like all my dad said, he's like, well, you got to fix it. Mm-hmm. And it cost me a lot more money <laughs> to fix it. And that's okay. Life lesson. Yeah. For sure. Some lessons when you're in it, when you're like in the thick of something like heavy or hard or like in the moment it feels really bad, it's hard to see the good and the lesson that you're actually learning because you don't see it in the moment. You see it like after. This is what? Almost 20 years later. And we still laugh about it. And you're la- Yeah. You're, <laughs> like, you, you laugh about it now. It's a memory. It's like ingrained it something you definitely learned. And it's something you're, you could talk about that with your kids till you're blue in the face, but it's like you wouldn't have learned it half or even as good as the same if you don't experience that. That's right. The the experienced lesson was more valuable than a story. Yeah. My Bipay Martin would call that a university course. <laughs> you just paid for a university course. Yeah, it's true. Totally. So do you feel that coming on this podcast, was you being brave? Was it scary for you oh, to try this? Oh, darn right. Yeah. I was pretty reluctant to come on here. I would even said that I was going to go exercise instead of come <laughs> on here. And that's not a, not a standard thing. <laughs> But no, it was really good. It was re- a lot of fun, a lot of laughs, a lot of good stories. What's the scariest part of coming on a podcast? Oh, just being vulnerable. Hmm. You know, everybody knows who you are and how you talk. And they know everything about no, you. They don't know everything. They get one little story. They get they get to know how you think a little bit, which I can see is really vulnerable because you're always. I I used to be um, really worried about. Well, what if people don't agree with me? Right. Or what if they don't like what I have to say? Well, I guess they don't like it. I guess they just don't listen to the next episode. I don't know. It's like, well, I lost one. And oh, well. All, and it was good. It was a lot of fun. I really appreciate uh, it. I, I appreciate the opportunity to be on here. So thank you. Welcome. I'm really happy you could come on the show and just be your authentic self. All right. It's the legal language. This podcast is presented solely for educational and entertainment purposes. It is not intended as a substitute for the advice of a physician, professional coach, or therapist, or any other qualified professional.